Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. So we did take a week off. There was not a lot of stuff happening. And of course, you know, the week I decide to take off, a bunch of stuff happens all together. But of course, that means we have a lot to cover today. So it's kind of exciting that way because I feel like there's like not a lot kind of happening in the gaming world, which sometimes is a good thing. But, you know, sometimes it's also a bad thing because we're just kind of waiting for those games or just experiencing way, way too many game delays. And I, I think that will be the first topic or the first thing I want to discuss today is I know we kind of covered about, you know, the whole delay with Starfield and Redfall and how that was a huge issue. There were all these, you know, things about Xbox not having their stuff together and this and that. And obviously, you know, it, it is important to understand that they are trying to kind of rebuild at the moment. They haven't really, it, it stings more mainly because of the fact that, you know, Xbox has been promising a lot for a while. Um, and of course, you know, it's unfortunate that this has happened, but at the same time, you know, it's important to understand that Xbox is rebuilding. They are getting to a point or they're wanting to get to a point where they can actually realize this dream of having heavy hitters, heavy hitting games coming out very frequently, you know, to the, to the level of Sony and Nintendo, where they're getting nominated for game of the year, stuff like that. So Xbox is working towards that track or moving towards that area in a sense. But what I want to kind of cover is, is the other side of it, you know, is this other side that is so intensely defending Xbox. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a person that kind of comes down to, okay, we need to look at it from both perspectives and then come to come in the middle and kind of meet in the middle, right? It's important for us to kind of take both sides of why we are frustrated, why gamers might be frustrated about this, but at the same time also understand what's happening on their end and it's okay to get annoyed, but it's also okay to understand that, Hey, we, it's okay to wait. We need to wait for a little bit and there will be a time when these games will start coming through and these developers will be, you know, in full force hitting out these games and we will be having an amazing time because we can play all these games on game pass. So obviously, you know, there's reports coming out and people talking about unsubscribing from game pass and this and that, but recently on Twitter, you know, Xbox kind of, hit back at, at a few people with their, uh, with whoever was running their social media stuff. And then obviously other people kind of got involved from the Xbox side, um, other development studios like in exile, for example, also Larry herb, who's a, a spokesperson for the, for the Xbox team. And they're kind of, you know, putting up memes and stuff like that. But basically, obviously a lot of them are coming to kind of defend Xbox game pass and its value. And, you know, I understand that. I totally understand what they're trying to do, but it's, it's not only them. There's a lot of obviously, you know, other people in the industry that are just so intensely defending Xbox. And that's kind of when I have to kind of, kind of come in the middle and say, nope, like we need to be real, right? I've mentioned this many, many times. Um, you know, even though I'm a big Sony fan, I will always be, I will always be of the mind that at the end of the day, Sony and PlayStation is a company. They do not care about us. They care about making money. That is what they do. If they were not turning a profit, 
they will not be making any video games, anything like that for us. They mainly care about making a profit. And if, if, even if they make sustain a certain amount of profit, if they're making a good amount of profit, everyone is happy, whatever, you think that at that point, they'll just stop and keep giving us really great games? No, they will go back and say, okay, how can we make more money? How do we get more money? And this is the same thing with Microsoft. And for me, it's like this idea where people just forget for a second that these are companies, these are video game companies or companies owned by other companies that care about the bottom line. So when people come to defend them like this, it frustrates me a little bit because it's just kind of, I, I at least this is just my perspective. So of course, if you have a different perspective, please definitely, definitely let me know. But in this instance with Xbox and the Game Pass whole situation, everyone should simply be saying, this is not good. This is not good. We are not happy. Xbox should not be saying nothing right now. That's just my opinion. I get that obviously all these articles are coming out and it's, they can say all this. And obviously these articles also not, need to not be so dramatic for this whole situation that, you know, I'm gonna, we're gonna unsubscribe or this or that. Like I don't, I haven't played a lot of Game Pass games, but I'm still subscribed because who knows, there might be a cool game that pops up there. It's the same thing as my Netflix or HBO Max subscription or uh, Prime Video. Like what are subscriptions I have? It's not like I'm on it all the time, you know? and if you are that person that unsubscribes as soon as you know that there's nothing on there for you, then perfect. You're probably doing a much better, like you're getting more out of the, the out of the product than I am because I have a habit of leaving st stuff just subscribed. But that's what the belief that, okay, they don't have anything this month, but they will probably have something next month. So, you know, you could do a good job of like canceling and then re-subscribing re and all that. But I'm also of the mind of like, okay, no, I believe in that product and I'll leave it. So, you know, some people kind of do that and obviously they're going, going a little too dramatic with it. Like, okay, fine. They don't have a lot of games this year, but at the same time, they're giving you a lot of cool third party games, right? They are giving you, who knows, you might get Gotham Knights or some new Ubisoft game or whatever the case may be, right? You might get some big third party games on the, on the platform. We don't know, right? But it's just a belief in, in the product and you're just saying, okay, yeah, like that's fine. You don't have any big AAA exclusives or whatever this year, but who knows, you might give me that game that I would spend normally 70 or $80 on, but I'll get it just through the, the service. And again, you can just resubscribe around that time. I totally get that, right? So that's kind of one side of it. The other side of, you know, Xbox Game Pass on Twitter and, and the company, the development studios, and even Larry Herb, like they're kind of like coming out, you know, uh, defending, uh, defending themselves or not even defending, just kind of coming out. Like, obviously I don't have the tweet in front of me, but you can definitely look it up online. Uh, you know, comes off a little... I don't know, it's, 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 and I wouldn't say it's like, it's rude or anything like that, but it just does not come up, come across good from a company, right? I get it from like other standpoints, but from a company standpoint, I just want them to just be like, okay, no, we are focusing on games. We get it. You're annoyed about this year. We get that you want to unsubscribe. That's what you want to do. Perfect. Do, do what you want to do, but trust us, we will get you back. That should be the focus, not going on Twitter to battle it out against these websites that write articles so that they can get clicks on these articles, you know, like there's also like an objective on their end. So like I was, I was just a little disappointed because, you know, people need to understand that people that kind of defend that Xbox game pass side, like I've, I've just defended it, but you need to stop defending it so intensely. You're no better than those people that are like getting so dramatic about I'm going to unsubscribe You're no better than them because you should not be fully defending them. You should also be slightly annoyed that for so many years, Xbox has pro been promising you, we'll get you games, we'll get you games, we'll get you games. And I've heard this so many times, countless times of next year is going to be the year. Next year is going to be the year. And then what's happening now? 
next year's gonna be there because we're gonna get Starfield, we're gonna get Redfall, we're gonna get uh, a wow or this and that. And I'm like, okay, who's to say next year something else doesn't get delayed? Like, don't don't keep falling for that. Don't keep saying, oh, next year's gonna be the year. Like, obviously, you know, we have to be patient with this, but it should be both sides. Get annoyed, show voice your concerns. Obviously, don't be rude to people, you know, and no matter what, never be rude. Put it into proper terms and say, yeah, like, fine, we believe in you, but that you should know that we're not happy about this. We're, we're not happy that we've been waiting for games from your side, these first party exclusives that you've been promising us for so long, and it still hasn't happened in this entire year when I bought an Xbox Series X or S, when I bought Game Pass subscription for a whole year, and I'm not getting anything, right? Like, I've been sold a product that was supposed to come with these first party exclusives from these amazing studios that you kept buying and then that's not happening. So I think it's important for us to look from both sides. Do, don't, don't fall on either side. Don't fall on the one side of completely defending Xbox and Game Pass and do not fall on the other side of just hammering it to do like crazy amounts, you know? Just be in the middle, understand the situation. And look at it from that perspective. I'm just I I just don't like both sides, like the way this they're kind of going about this. And I just felt like I need to kind of bring it up. So that was just my my quick, not even quick, I guess almost like 10 minutes of, of thinking or thoughts about this. Uh but that will move on to some interesting kind of news, which is Death Stranding 2 kind of sort of got announced. We don't even know if it got announced. It's really weird because it has happened in the past where Norm Reedus, the actor that was in Death Stranding, who plays uh Sam, I believe. And also, of course, known from the Walking Dead series and Boondock Saints. He was doing some interview and just kind of mentioned that, oh, yeah, we're working on, on the next part or something like that. Now, you know, we're doing the mocap and everything like that. And obviously, this kind of happened before, but then the Death Stranding's director's cut came out and that had some additional stuff in it. So that's kind of what happened before. But now, obviously, the director's cut is already out. So everyone's kind of questioning, okay, then wait, what are they working on? Um, it does make sense if you if anyone's played Death Stranding, you can kind of see how that game could kind of play out into you know multiple parts and whatnot. So it, it was it was definitely an interesting game. It's a game that I I still think about. Um, not what I expected, but a game that I understand why the people were kind of you know questioning as to whether they love it or not and all this stuff. But overall, it was an interesting enough game that like it even now for me like. Because the director's cut is on PS5 and it's also on PC. I do keep thinking about like, oh, playing this in 60 FPS, 4K, all that stuff would be pretty fun. Uh, but you know what? Like a sequel, it could be fun. It could be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see where Hideo Kojima kind of takes this. Who knows? But I think I just wanted to kind of bring that up because it is, I know there's a big, uh, big fan base for, you know, just Kojima games in general. And of course for Death Stranding. Uh, itself right so it could be it, honestly on the ps5 like it could be awesome like who who knows what they can do with the controller and the 3d audio and stuff like that and and maybe they can kind of learn you know some of the issues like i think the main issue that i had was with the game being way too long than necessary right but that's like a very hideo kojima kind of thing to begin with uh if they can just kind of shorten it up tighten it up a little bit make it make more sense for for everyone at least for me I think I think that would be awesome because there is a cool story to tell and there's a cool world that I want to keep exploring, right? I'm not done exploring that world. I'm not done with that world just yet. And maybe the sequel could be the thing that explores that. They could This could be their Elden Ring or Sekiro, you know? It, it could be a very nice jump, but it is it is exciting. And obviously I love hearing about, you know, new games and especially sequels coming out for, for games that a lot of people, you know, want. And 
of course, with that, you know, talking about sequels, there's apparently this news or rumors going out or going around. And this coming from account NGT. Uh, this is their, their Twitter handle or a Twitter user that is known to leak real stuff. Like it, it actually comes true. And of course, like, you know, they have the right resources or sources, you know, in the industry that they reach out to. But they basically announced that Sly Cooper 5 will be announced this year, which is awesome. Um, I've played Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. Is that the one most likely? I've played one of them. The one that came was was a most recent one. And I, I've, I have tried to play the older ones, but I never kind of got into them. But, you know, Sly Cooper 5 uh, with a new engine, PS5, you know, make it like kind of Ratchet and Clank and all that stuff. It could be pretty fun. So I'm excited for that. That'll be really fun. I'm actually interested to know who would be making this game because Sacrifice is probably still working on Ghost Tsushima, the, the new one I'm, I'm, I'm expecting. But you know, who knows? And, and talking about Sucker Punch, another game that is supposedly being announced this year is a new Infamous, which again is awesome. Um, I would love the, the first two and the third game to kind of be remade or, or remastered. So I kind of replay them in 4K60 FPS or whatever. But new Infamous, I think that's, that would be awesome. That, that's like a, a staple, in my mind, a staple PlayStation game because I just remember Infamous being that PS3 game alongside Uncharted as the reason you would want to get a PlayStation 3. I just remember being like hearing about how, you know, this is like the perfect superhero game. And of course, when I got my PS3 and played it, I was like, yep, this is pretty awesome. And of course, when Infamous Second Son came out on PS4, it was like the first, you know, big PS4 game that came out on, on, on PlayStation on the new console. And it was awesome, you know, like what they did with the controller and all that stuff. So I'm definitely excited for a new Infamous game. They also, of course, mentioned that there will be a showcase, like a big showcase in September. So I know there were like leaks coming out that that PlayStation is doing a showcase or some sort of an event in June. It's possible it might be one of the, the small ones that they kind of do, you know, with the, the YouTube video that just kind of pops out here and there. And then the September might be their version of, of E3 in a sense, where they kind of announce, you know, everything that they have planned. I don't know if this is worrying for God of War. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that September is where either they announce, you know, God of War Ragnarok, by the way, is coming out in November you know, done deal, all that stuff, or, you know, they announced God of War in a couple of months or maybe even next month. And, you know, we already know it's coming out and then September is kind of just them showing it again. I'm still of the hope that God of War Ragnarok does come out this year. I'm really excited for that game. Uh, it will just kind of put a bow on, on, on their, on their year. If you think about it, like, you know, Grand Turismo 7 came out, it's really good. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I know like I wasn't like the biggest fan. I still enjoyed it, but you know, from what I'm, re I've been reading, a lot of people really liked it. They got Ghostwire Tokyo, which I'm going to be playing on PC very soon. Kind of excited to try that out. And I know it wasn't received super well, but either way, you know, three kind of awesome exclusives. So put that, you know, with God of War Ragnarok and maybe The Last of Us remake or something like that. Like, can you imagine like having all those five games, you know, we just kind of talked about Xbox having nothing, you know, and obviously Nintendo having some really, really cool games coming out this year. And then Sony coming out with these awesome five games. I think, I think that will be in an awesome year. People can argue all they want of like, ah, no, it's okay. It's not that great, whatever. I mean, when you compare it to the competitors, it is pretty good. So I'm really excited to see what's in store. I'm really excited for the showcase and for the September showcase as well. Talking about exclusives on the PlayStation, I honestly did not plan to kind of go about it this way, but as I'm looking at it, somehow it's just kind of going into each other. But another exclusive that was supposed to come out for, for PlayStation 5 this year was Forspoken and apparently 
is being delayed. So for people that don't know, it's a Square Enix game uh, being written by Gary Whitta and Amy Hennig. Gary Whitta, of course, is known for writing uh, the Star Wars film, uh, Rogue One, which is an amazing film. And of course, Amy Hennig, known for Uncharted, you know, so I'm a big fan of Amy Hennig. So I, I was all in. But it, I mean, the, the, the marketing and all that stuff in the game, just the way it looks, I, I could I could also see it that it doesn't look amazing. It looks very generic. It could be really fun to play, but who knows? And it turns out that they are listening. They are listening to everyone and what people are saying, I guess. And maybe they're using this opportunity to, to, to delay the game, uh, especially since it turns out that Final Fantasy 16 is basically ready, which is surprising. I would never have thought to say that, oh yeah, Final Fantasy 16, which was shown once, is you know ready and it will be coming out this year uh surprising but it seemed that that game might take forspoken's place and come out this year uh again only on ps5 and on pc and considering how final fantasy 7 remake is going um i won't be surprised if this game is a playstation exclusive for like the next two to three years so go with it as a playstation slash pc exclusive for the time being again really awesome you know i know that i said god of ragnarok will be the, the bow and all of this, but the fact that, you know, if you can get a Final Fantasy game in this in this year on the PlayStation consoles and it being an exclusive, I think that would be awesome as well. Really enjoyed Final Fantasy 15. Um, toward the end, I did not really enjoy that I had to kind of grind a lot. At least that's what I felt. Maybe because I wasn't doing everything that I was I should have been doing. Um, usually, I don't feel a need to grind because the game just kind of, you know, absorbs me in a sense that I'm just kind of doing stuff automatically. That's not what's happening right now with Elden Ring. Like when, when I, whenever I get to an, a new area and stuff like that, I can already tell that I am not necessarily over leveled, but my weapon is kind of over leveled and I'm able to kind of do a lot of damage. Uh, or doesn't mean that I can beat the bosses in one go, but that's because I'm just enjoying exploring. I'm just enjoying just walking around and just checking stuff out, right? So I think if a game does, does a good job of that, you will kind of get to that level either way. So I'm really hoping that Final Fantasy 16 does that. And, you know, it coming out this year, it, I know that there's a very weird spot in the summer where there's nothing, right? It, it is, in all honesty, kind of empty. But August onwards, it's literally a mystery. It could honestly be the most amazing year, August onwards as well, because we already had such an awesome January, February, March. It could be an amazing year at, at that point, or it could just be, you know, we just get Saints Row and that's it, <laughs> which is not bad. I mean, Saints Row is pretty fun. I'm pretty excited for it, but still, right? So I'm pretty excited to see what we will hear about in June because that's going to be typically the whole E3 E3 time. The next story, you know, again, so many buyings and mergings and whatever. I, I'm not even saying the right words, right? But all this stuff happening in the gaming industry and it seems that Electronic Arts is also looking to potentially, I think, I don't know if they want to merge or I think they're just looking to kind of fully be bought. But it seems that obviously all the stuff was happening, uh, you know, with Ubisoft, kind of talking with people, obviously Activision Blizzard, Bethesda, uh, Bungie, all that stuff. And it turns out that Electronic Arts is like, you know what, maybe, maybe I, we want to get bought too. And apparently they've been talking to Disney, they've been talking to Apple, a Amazon, they've been talking to Comcast, which is, I'm, I'm not sure why, like I, like some, some of them, I'm not sure how or why they're, they're talking to them, but either way, right? It does seem that EA has been taking a big hit, especially with Battlefield 2042 not doing too well. Um, them obviously losing the FIFA license and stuff, which they don't need to, honestly, but still, right? Like they are not going through the best periods financially. And they're probably like, you know what? It might be the perfect time to kind of get bought. And apparently one of the things that they're trying to do is that the EA CEO, Andrew Wilson, will remain 
as the chief executive once they get bought. So that's like kind of the part of the deal. So who knows, maybe that's what's stopping it. <laughs> maybe this is like, no, 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 no. We, we'll take the company, but we don't, <laughs> we don't want, we don't want the CEO or anything like that. We don't want the, the, the upper management people. We just want the actual people that do the work, you know, who knows, maybe that could be the thing that's stopping it. You know, I wish that would be the thing that's stopping it because it would be good to get some, uh, in, in my opinion, better upper management in those, in those companies that can actually, uh, you know, that might actually care about making some video games. Uh, of course, again, like I said, all companies have to focus on profits, uh, but it's also good to focus on making some good games along that way that will get you those profits, right? And not just trying to uh, ship out broken games so that, you know, you can just make that money now and then tell people that you will fix them later. Obviously, I'm still a little bit sore about Battlefield 2042, but who knows, you know, it, the way everything is going with Ubisoft and EA, I won't be surprised, even Square Enix, I won't be surprised if in the next couple of months we hear that, you know, these companies have all been bought and, and then Capcom, you know, Sega, there's only like a few of them that are just kind of surviving at that point. With that, we'll move on to the games that I have been playing. I think the first game I want to talk about for sure is a game I've been telling everyone that I'm going to be playing it very soon, very soon. I keep pushing it forward and I finally started it today. And wow, I am surprised this game is Cyberpunk 2077. Of course, I'm playing it in the, P the PS5 version, the 1.5 update, whatever update they had, the next gen update that made all these improvements. And the game, first of all, runs perfectly, you know, 60 FPS, no issues. I've played it for, I think, two to three hours. So unless it ramps up like crazy later on, so far, amazing. Game looks awesome. Uh, the audio is awesome. The world, the atmosphere is really, really cool. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, I don't know if it, you know, gets worse or bad, like, or better at, later on. I don't know. Um, the gameplay so far is okay. Like I haven't really enjoyed it too much, but I, from, from talking to Trevor who has played the game, he did tell me that, um, the, the gameplay does get better because initially you are pretty like, you know, new to all of this. You don't have every ability that you, you should be getting, or you don't have all the weapons you should be getting stuff like that. So it does get better over time, but overall just story atmosphere, the RPG elements of it. I'm really enjoying. I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying to the point that I actually put down Elden Ring for a little while just so I can start playing this game. So really, really enjoying Cyberpunk 2077. And if any of you are out there that were like me that waited for this long, definitely jump in. You will not be disappointed. I can definitely guarantee that, you know, I mean, again, I'm three hours in, so take that as you will, you know, like give me some more time to kind of come up with a better review later on. But at least for now, I can definitely tell that I'm going to enjoy this game. The other one, of course, I want to talk about is Ghost of Tsushima, Iki Island. I finally finished the DLC. It was a very short DLC, like three or four hours, but it was awesome. It was just more Ghost of Tsushima. And I, what I really loved was that it gave me more backstory to Jin's story, which I liked. I, you know, there was so much about him that we didn't know in the main story. And this kind of really, really helped kind of add that extra layer it just made me like Jin even more. Um, of course, you know, the combat and everything is awesome. This was my game of the year in, in 2020 and stuff like that. So like, you know, you already know how much I love Ghost of Tsushima, but this, this is definitely worth it. If you have, haven't played the DLC and you love Ghost of Tsushima, or even, even if you enjoyed it, this is definitely worth jumping into because they do a good job of showing you or kind of going through the story and everything that's happening in uh, at Iki Island. But some of the set pieces with the music and everything is just, amazing. It's like some of the best I've seen. So definitely will recommend that. I'm so glad I finally got to it. And I'm also glad I finished it so quickly. So it's a, it's a short, short, but sweet, amazing DLC for Ghost Tsushima. 
The next game I actually kind of jumped into because there's been a sale on the Epic Game Store on PC is Rogue Legacy 2. So I played Rogue Legacy when it first came out and I think that's kind of where the whole term roguelike and roguelite, all that stuff started, I believe. Um, but like, I never kind of got into it initially. I never understood it. I never understood the whole concept, right? It's obviously me, you know, pre-Hades and everything like that. Um, it wasn't until I played Hades when I I'm like, okay, I get it now. I get the, the love for it. I get the enjoyment. And also Hades does a good job of like actually kind of helping you progress whilst you play the game. And I've started playing Rogue Legacy 2. And yeah, this one is first of all plays, in my opinion, plays better. It feels better. The game looks better. And of course, I guess like, you know, that was the first game. They had more, they have more money now. They were able to put that development time into it, but it, it is, it is really fun. Like I can, I'm, I can already picture myself playing this quite a bit, similar to Hades, just doing a couple of rounds here and there, having a great time. So, you know, anyone that's wondering or anyone, wants to, anyone that wants to check this out, Rogue Legacy 2 is on discount on the Epic Games Store, like a heavy discount because they do like a regular discount and then do a 25% discount on top of the discount, which is just ridiculous, but I would definitely recommend uh, anyone check that out because you will you will not be disappointed. It's it's really really fun. Uh, of course, you know, talking about you know some of these games and of Ghost of Tsushima and all that stuff. I, I should I feel like I should talk about Elden Ring really quickly too. Um, I finally got past the first Elden Lord, which is uh, Godfrey the Grafted or something like that. But yeah, like that was uh, that was like the first I guess big proper boss. I it, it turned obviously from from what I'm understanding, all of them are sort of optional in a way because you can kind of go go about it in like a different way or different pathways depending on how you want to play but if you kind of play it according to how it's set up almost this will be like the first kind of huge boss that comes up in, in the legacy dungeon and yeah finally beat him somehow i beat him a lot quicker than i beat margit which is surprising uh, but also i should mention that i also like found like a cool way to kind of uh, kind of beat this boss and which is why i like love Elden Ring so much is um, I basically use like a summon, uh, not like a human player, but you can summon like these animals. Um, so I summoned a jellyfish that is able to kind of spit out this poison, uh, poison things, whatever. I don't know what, what it is, but like this poison liquid. And what it was doing was it was, it kept shooting, at, shooting that at, at Godfrey for a while. Uh, and basically it doesn't do a lot of damage, right? It doesn't do a lot of damage when it, you, when, when it hits Godfrey with that, with that spit, <laughs> with that poisonous spit. But what it does do is if, if it hits it enough, if it hits Godfrey enough, what it does is it starts to stack up poison damage. And once Godfrey gets poisoned, like the health keeps going down, like slightly, 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 and it kind of multiplies more and more over time. And it does starts to do a significant amount of damage on the boss. So I was kind of fighting the boss for a while. My health was low. I was like, oh my God, it's gonna be tough. But I saw that the health kept going down significantly after a certain point that at that point I was like, okay, all I need to do is survive. All I need to do right now is just run around. So all I was doing was just dodging, just running around. And I finally saw like, you know, I wasn't even looking at, at the at the, at the enemy. I wasn't even looking at the boss. And all of a sudden I just hear like the, you know, the, the, the whole like speech when they die and everything come out. I'm like, oh my God, I actually got it somehow. So it's just awesome that you can kind of play the game this way. And it kind of opens it up to so many, so many possibilities. And yeah, like I'm, obviously I'm, I'm already full into Elden Ring. I, I am enjoying it, playing, playing the game the way I'm playing it right now, which is very much jump in for 30 to 40 minutes, go in a direction, get some runes, level up a little bit, and then continue on. You know, if I have a boss like this, try it a couple of times, didn't succeed, all right, I'll come back tomorrow. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it playing like this and not just kind of confining myself to my couch and just playing it for four to five hours because it's just not, if to me at least, it's just not that sort of a game. 
it's just that sort of a game that you just jump in, explore for a little bit, you know, just try a couple of things and you're like, all right, I'm done. You know, like when there's a game like Cyberpunk or even Ghost Tsushima or, you know, even Warhammer that I've been streaming, those games like have like a, a, a much more of a structure, right? Of like there's a story going on, there's specific things you got to do. With Elden Ring, because it's so open, it just makes more sense to kind of take it this way, at least in my opinion, right? And I am really, really enjoying it. Of course, you know, like I mentioned, Warhammer 40,000, I've been playing that, the Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gates, Demon Hunters, uh, really enjoying it still. Finally kind of got through like a hump of where, where I kept dying a lot <laughs> or my, my players kept dying quite a bit, uh, but finally kind of got through that hump and the story seems to be ramping up slowly. But I am I am enjoying it and I definitely want to keep playing it. And I definitely will keep streaming that. There's a couple of games I want to stream soon, which is, of course, Ghostwire Tokyo and Vampire Masquerade Swan Song, which is made by the people that made The Council, uh, which is this Telltale-ish kind of a adventure-based game. Uh, and it was one of the first games I ever streamed, which was The, the Council. So it's made by them and I just felt like, no, yeah, I got to stream this. You know, I got I to gotta stream this. I got to play this. It's not getting the best reviews. But you know what? The council didn't get amazing reviews either, and I loved it. So I'm gonna check this out, and I'll give you my review of it when I when I stream it. Actually, of course, I also should talk about iRacing. I haven't actually jumped into iRacing for a while. I I got like the tracks and the card that I need to compete this week, but the stuff was happening, and I just kind of forgot. Uh, you know, that's I guess definitely a downside of of iRacing. Obviously, if you already at one point you do need to buy or own all the tracks and the cars in a sense, which of course like, you know is is very expensive. Uh, but when you do have a majority of them, you you won't really feel that anymore. At that point, you just have to kind of pay for the subscription. But you know, it it it, it does rack up a little bit, right? It does rack up in a sense. So, uh, it, it you do have to kind of maximize that that like week in a sense, which I didn't do. Um, I might still try to do it because I think I think today might be the last day, so I might try to do it. But if I'm not able to, that's fine. You know, I'm not gonna force myself to kind of play a game that I'm not feeling right now. But like, it's weird, like I, I do really enjoy sim racing and all that stuff, but I think I just needed like a break for, for a second. I know I, I streamed a little bit with Sebi last week when we played iRacing together for a little bit. Um, but right now I'm just like, there's just so many other games that are just getting my attention uh, that the way I'm feeling right now with gaming is just more of, just, just go in the direction that's kind of pulling you. You know, I just started, I, like normally I'll be like, no, I'm just playing one game at a time. Or no, I'm just playing one or two games, completely different games, uh, you know, together and that's it. Now all of a sudden I'm playing Elden Ring, I'm playing Warhammer 40k, I was playing Iki Island, I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077, I'm playing Rogue Legacy 2, I'm playing iRacing. So like once I started doing this, I was like, oh wait, I can, I'm actually able to play all these games and not feel too bad. Like I'm not like, you know, losing track of what's happening in one game or whatever. Like I'm still able to kind of keep track of what's happening and it's just allowing me to play what I want to play. So I think that's kind of the, the state of mind I'm in right now and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's actually really fun to do this. But we will leave it here. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining. Really means a lot. Please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. You can also just text me or message me, sorry, at on, on Instagram. Just DM me there if you ever want to reach out, ask any questions, uh, if you want me to cover any topics, or also join the Discord server and, and talk to some awesome people there. Uh, it'll be really fun and we can plan a day to maybe do some iRacing. You know, that'll be so cool. I can I can get like a server just for all of us and it'll be really fun to kind of play play iRacing with, with everyone. So thanks so much everyone and I will see you next time. Bye.